You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, send an email to me, zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You can mentor. Hello, You Can Mentor listener. This is John. Today, I'm sitting down talking with Donovan Carber from Christian Association of Youth Mentoring, or CAYM.org, which I will remember to repeat later. Donovan, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thanks. Man, thank you for taking the time to talk today. I'm excited about what CAYM is up to and just really ready for our listeners to get to hear, to be encouraged and equipped by what you guys do and, and how you are serving and mentoring in so many great ways. Thanks. Now, I, I'm in Waco, Texas. Donovan, tell me where you're sitting today. Yeah, I, I live in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, man, fantastic. The heartland. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you got it. Very good. Well, hey, Donovan, man, start off, just tell us a little bit about how, how you got involved in mentoring and, and what your mentoring background is. Yeah. So, first of all, just for all of you who are out there helping run mentoring programs or your mentors in a mentoring program, I just want to say thank you to, to what you're doing. And I, I really commend you on your commitment and faithfulness. You know, mentoring can often be challenging and a thankless endeavor. And I, I just want you to know that what you're doing is extremely valuable and you're certainly making a difference. You know, you're, you're not just impacting the one kid that, that you're meeting with, but you're, you're going to impact their kids. So, so future generations. Amen. And and I know it's not always easy to evaluate your, the impact you're having as a mentor. But one thing I like to think about is, you know, what, where would your kid be if you weren't involved in their life? And often that they, they would be in a, in a more difficult situation. And, you know, the last thing is just that, you know, God is using you to share your love with, with your mentee. And so they get to see Jesus through you, and that is is you know just transformational. No kidding. So let let me start. I wanted to share just a little bit about my childhood that, that kind of I think will play into how I got involved in mentoring. So I was really blessed to have a great childhood. I grew up on a farm in Southwest Kansas. I had three brothers. My dad really taught us a strong work ethic. We had a very loving, stable family and a good church community we were involved in. And so the way I initially got involved in mentoring is a good friend of mine named Jim Presnell, who was running a mentoring program in Wichita. You know, he he asked me if I would be interested in mentoring a boy. 
And I, I didn't really know what mentoring was, but he seemed to have a lot of confidence in me. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So, so I started mentoring when I was 23. And I got to see how kids are growing up with without the opportunities that I had growing up. And, you know, none of us have any control over the family that we're born into. And I, I quickly realized that I could have just as easily been born into a family that had difficult circumstances, difficult environment. And I just know I, I would not have done well in, 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 you know, difficult environment and circumstances. And I also know that I, I would have wanted to have a, a positive adult role model in my life to walk with me. And so, you know, I, I would have wanted to have a mentor. And so God's really given me a heart just to try to get mentors for as many kids that need them. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've been mentoring boys for the past 25 years. I helped run a mentoring program in Wichita, Kansas for over 10 years. And then I, I've been working with CAYM for the past 13 years, helping Christians start and grow safe, effective, and sustainable mentoring ministries throughout the U.S. and around the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, how, how great was it that Jim saw this potential in you and, and had a need and was able just to ask? Yeah. I, I you know, I, I'm grateful for Jim. And, you know, I, I think that's an interesting thing to keep in mind. When, one of your most effective recruiting methods is just asking someone right. personally one-on-one. Right. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Man, listen, you know, tell us about just kind of your passion for helping mentoring programs learn evidence-based best practices. Yeah. So, boy, when I started working in the mentoring field, I had no idea what I was doing. I I didn't have, I I had a business administration degree. I did not have any type of social work or mentoring experience other than I'd, I'd mentored a boy for a couple of years. And so I really learned why mentoring best practices are important the hard way. And, and that is just through, through a, lot of, a lot of trials and issues. And so I, I, I really don't want other programs to have to go through those same mistakes and challenges that, that I went through. And, the, you know, the mentoring program I worked with was a grassroots program. We had 40 mentoring matches. They did not have best practices in place. And so it, there were just a lot of match issues a lot of premature match endings. I felt like we were losing matches faster than we were making them. And so I I just really have a passion to help mentoring programs have a firm footing on mentoring best practices so that they can be safe, effective, and sustainable. Sure, man. That makes total sense. So Donovan, let's just just take a step back here for a second. Just talk about mentoring in general. What makes mentoring different kind of from other interventions that youth can be involved in? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. You know, the key to a successful mentoring match is that a mentor and mentee, they're able to build a trusting relationship. And it's, it's out of the trusting relationship that both the mentor and mentee learn and grow from each other. So the intervention of mentoring, it requires a mentor to intentionally pursue the mentee over a long-term period. And so, you know, sometimes that, that could be two, five, 10 or more years. And this is something mentors cannot do on their own. They really need to have a match supervisor that helps keep the mentoring match on track. So this makes it somewhat unique compared to other interventions that youth are involved in, like counseling or group mentoring or after-school programs. So with that being the case, you, you really need mentoring best practices in order to allow the trust relationship to start, grow, and maintain over a long period of time. And so 
I, I, I've got a story. I had a guy when I was working on a mentoring program, he, he came, he was interested in being a mentor. And so when we were in our interview, he was telling me that just six months earlier, he had tried to start mentoring a, a teenage boy on his own. He, he, there, there was this homeless teenage boy outside his, his work. And so he thought, you know, I'm going to try to help this kid. And he said it was a complete disaster. He said it only lasted a week and he was so frustrated because of the communication challenges and, and uh, just the differing expectations. And so what, what was, what's always stuck with me is, is when I talked to him about how we train mentors so that they're prepared, know what they're getting into. And then we also provide a match supervisor that's there to walk with them and, and help them walk through any issues. He was so excited because he 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 fully understood how important those practices are, and so I, I just say that in that you know because mentoring it, it involves developing a long term trusting relationship it 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 takes best practices in order to to you know allow that trust to grow. Oh, for sure. Okay, so already Donovan, you're kind of giving us some gold here and some really good things. You're you're saying things like match supervisor, which is a new term for me. I totally get it and I understand what you're sharing. I it just makes me think real quick that this is, you know, you have so many I think out there who understand the power of mentoring and really want to mentor youth and someone and, and help kind of bring someone along in, in a healthy friendship and in a relationship that there would be good communication and really just someone kind of looking out for someone else. But without some of that infrastructure, right? And without, without that accountability, without being able to speak into, you know, what expectations are there and what I would think is just kind of a communal effort, right? So that it's not just someone kind of doing it out on their own, but instead having the support of that match supervisor or an organization, it just seems like, well, this really is the way to do it. This is the way, as you said, that you can kind of keep this, that this would be sustaining and it wouldn't just be something that, that lasts for a few weeks and then fizzles out because there's, there's no kind of community involved, right? So I I get that. And I think that's, again, speaks to your credit of, of your experience and what CAYM does, which is to offer those types of services for those that, that want to, to be mentors. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right on target, John. That's a lot of great stuff there. Okay, so match supervisor. So listener, if that's new to you, just, you know, I think that that's, that's probably worth the ticket of listening to this podcast even today of thinking, man, it's so good that there are those out there that are working to make sure that these relationships are really optimized. But speaking to that, Donovan, tell us, how do you ensure that a mentoring program is safe and that it is effective and that it is sustainable? Yeah, so most harm done by mentoring programs is mentors who do not follow through on their commitment. So, you know, you've got a kid, they've, they've been let down by adults in their past. You bring this mentor into their life and then they don't follow through on their commitments and the kid feels rejected. And that can be just extremely hurtful for that kid. And, and, and it can really deter them from wanting to trust adults in the future. So, you know, the, the standard for evidence-based mentoring best practices is the elements of effective practice for mentoring and, and now it's the fourth edition is, is the latest edition. And that that is put together by mentoring researchers and the National Mentoring Partnership or Mentor. And what they do is, is they provide best practices around recruiting, training, training, matching, supervising, and evaluating matches. And so CAYM, we, we train on the exact same best practices, but 
because we work with faith-based programs, we put that in a Christian context. So you you know that that is a a good foundation those those best practices, but but you also need some additional systems in place to help minimize risk. And and when you think about you know if 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 you're helping run a mentoring program, just a mentoring program management piece, ha- having policy and procedures manual that your your staff and team are following. You know, there's the whole fundraising plan, monitoring information so that it's safe and secure, risk management plan. This is just a, a plan that you spell out how you're implementing best practices so that everybody is safe. And, and we're not talking just about the mentors, mentees, families. We're talking about the staff and your board and other stakeholders as well. And then I think the other thing is, is you know, just that you've got a good staff supervision and, and training process in place. You know, one thing that I, I've seen that is really detrimental to mentoring programs is the staff turnover. And especially that match supervisor position, they they spend a lot of effort developing relationships with the mentors and the kids and families. And if they quit, you know, the, the program loses a lot of that that relational connection. Sure. That makes perfect sense. So let me get this straight, Donovan. You're, are you saying that, that CAYM actually offers those types of services like policies and procedures, risk management, fundraising help, and recruiting and training? We, yeah, actually, we, we do have trainings on those, and we actually have templates on, on a lot of those that people can just plug in their information. So on a, on a policy procedure manual, risk management plan, we, we've got all that. Yes. Well, that's excellent. So that to me just is really helpful for those are those listeners who are out there who might be in kind of a grassroots mentoring program or kind of interested in in getting a program off the ground to be able to have somebody that can give those resources and kind of walk them through being able to build some of that infrastructure to really build something that that would be again something that a mentor could come and and join at a later time as well. So Donovan, real yeah, quick, absolutely. you you actually made a good a good point too that maybe that could be something that's pretty detrimental to a an organization and that's staff turnover. And I guess that could be you know, for a number of reasons, if maybe expectations aren't met, if accountability is not there, if there's not good communication, it sounds like that's that's really an important thing because kind of as we all know with organizations, it's much better to keep those that we have trained as opposed to looking for new new hires to train, right? Like that, that retention is just such an important part. And obviously, as we're trying to build these relationships with children or teenagers that would have people that would kind of stay in their lives, right? I mean, again, we want to we want to build mentoring relationships that last as, as long as they need to. And so, again, see, it sounds like all the more reason for someone to really be thinking about some of these things as they as they have a heart for for mentoring and understand a, about mentoring best practices could you could you just maybe talk a little bit about some of the specific pitfalls that mentoring programs may be experiencing by not valuing or, or, or not really pursuing best practices yeah absolutely you know I, I've got a couple different points here I'll just kind of walk through and these these aren't necessarily in any specific order but you know I, we we've certainly seen programs focus on bigger match numbers really at the cost of providing quality so they they focus more energy on recruiting than providing match support. And, you know, a lot of times it's we've seen as programs that they get some grant money to make a specific number of matches. And so they're they're kind of stuck. They've got to they've got to make the matches to fulfill the grant. And so we we've consulted multiple programs like this, but we we recently just had one that said, you know, we don't have time to train our staff on best practices. We have to start making matches now. 
I, I think another one is some programs, they can frame mentoring to mentors as being easy. And I, I can say when I started, I, that's how I was framing it to mentors because because I was we were trying to get mentors to to be a part of the program. And the truth is mentoring is not easy. And so saying it's easy really gives mentors the wrong expectation. So when things get challenging, they think, well, I'm, I'm not a good mentor because this is supposed to be easy. And so it, it's a lot more helpful to say mentoring is hard, but we are here to train and support you through the entire match process. I, I think a lot of a lot of programs struggle to grow their program. And so a big part of growing a mentoring program is, is retaining the matches you have long-term. And so if programs are not following best practices, what, what they end up doing is they often lose matches faster than they can make new ones. Um, another pitfall is, is premature match endings. And the mentors, mentees, and parents, they go into mentoring without proper expectations. So when their expectations are not met, they want to get. It is so important that you, you help prepare the mentors for what they're going to encounter. And it's important that you, you help the mentors and parents to, to, to understand what the expectations are, what the guidelines and boundaries are. So having agreements that they would sign. You know, we also see programs that don't regularly evaluate what's working and not working and, and, and then make adjustments on that. So a very helpful process that we did every year was at the end of the year, we would evaluate where and how we recruited all of our mentors. And we also evaluated why our matches ended that year. And, you know, we, we would assess them what, what adjustments do we need to make in our mentoring programs? So, so let's say we had, you know, six mentors quit because there was instability in their life. Well, we would say, what, you know, what adjustments can we make? Is there, do we need to do a better job recruiting? Is there something in our screening process we need to tweak? Do we need to train our mentors better? Is there something in our supervision process that, that we need to do differently in order to help these matches sustain long term? We kind of already touched on this, John, but you know, staff quitting. And, and I think where you have program, well, I'll just say being a supervisor in a mentoring program, it's difficult because you deal with a lot of issues. But when you when a program is not following best practices, you end up dealing with even more issues that that you wouldn't normally have to deal with. And so staff can get frustrated and discouraged. And, and so they can quit. And that's that, you know, as we already stated, that can be a, a detrimental to a program. And then I, I think just the last thing is, you know, oftentimes mentoring programs are short staffed. They're trying to do everything they can to, to make everything happen. And so I think we've seen that the match supervision process sometimes is not as adequate as it, as it needs to be. And the best practice states that you need to contact the mentor, mentee, and parent, you know, initially within the first 48 hours of the mentoring match. And then it's the, the first three months, it's every other week. and then. And it's once a month for the entirety of the match. And then you, you want to have a six-month checkup with the mentor face-to-face. -face, and you want to have a one-year meeting with everybody face-to-face -face just to, to evaluate and celebrate the, the match. Got it. Got it. You know, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry to speak over you, Donovan. But I was going to mention, your, as you share so many of these good 
principles and points. I, I'm, I just, I'm a, as a listener, I'm kind of hearing just the really, the dire need for communication. It sounds like you want to begin the process by being able to, to share expectations so that you can get, maybe kind of speak against what this potential mentor might be bringing in into the relationship. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they've got kind of an angle or some expectation that isn't exactly realistic. So as you mentioned, mentoring is tough. It's not easy. So in our effort to try to bring new mentors into our programs, we're, it's almost like evangelism, right? It's almost like saying, you know, being a Christian is just so easy. You just accept, believe, and confess, right? Like, that's it, ABC. When the reality <laughs> of it is that being a believer, being a Christ follower is not easy, right? It's a, it's, it's a very difficult thing to, on a daily basis, to deny ourselves, to take up the, our cross and to follow. So, I just, I see such a parallel when it comes to mentoring as well. But again, to hear about the, just the, the real need for communication, for, to be, for that to be something that is valued at the beginning of this relationship, all the way throughout with, with solid ex- evaluation to kind of see like, hey, what's working, what's not? I hear you also just say that it's, that it's up to the organization to kind of be flexible, to be able to say, hey, what, you know, again, the most important thing is that we have healthy mentoring relationships happening. What's getting in the way of that? What's, what's making it so that we're having all of this staff turnover and what, what kind of needs to be pivoted so that we can continue to do what we're what we're established to do, but somehow maybe not being effective at that. And I think also just to your point of having a good communication with, with mentee family as well, how that again is just another layer of making sure that these, that these relationships stay optimal. Yeah, that's a great point, John. For sure. So, okay, now let's talk, and you know, you've, you've shared a little bit about this, but what does it really look like? I mean, when the rubber meets the road for mentors to follow best practices, maybe even speaking into this, Donovan, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but what would it look like maybe for a, a mentor who's listening to this conversation and getting all this good information from you, but maybe is a part of an organization that doesn't really value or or practice these best practices? How, what, what can they kind of glean from it? And maybe how can they be encouraged to try to get into using and utilizing best practices in their, in their mentee relationship? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, John. So, you know, I, I think there's a couple points and, and there's, there's some great resources out there that can, can help mentors get training. And, and so, but, you know, initially I think having a mentor orientation training and you know, mentors they, they really need to, as as I, we've already stated, but they really need to have the the proper expectations going into the mentoring. What's what's required of them? What's the commitment? What are the boundaries? What are the policies? And they they just need to be prepared for for what they're getting into. And then the regular contact with their mentoring supervisor or coach that that's so important, just for them to you know at least on a monthly basis update their coach on what's going on and if there's any issues or challenges going on that they would be able to to share with them what's going on and and the coach could help them work through those things and then the match closure process and and when the match ends that that closure is brought to it and this is super important to allow the the mentor and the mentee to be able to say goodbye to each other at the end of the match and research shows that mentors that did not have a closure process often left with a negative view of the program and we, we certainly don't want our mentors and kids and families having negative view of our mentoring programs. I'm sure. Now, Donovan, this, this makes me wonder, you know, in your experience with mentoring, just talk about what typically is the usual kind of time frame for, for meetings and for communication to take place. Is it, is it the norm that, you know, and again, this might be a little bit rudimentary, but 
do most mentors kind of schedule a time that's usually weekly with their, their mentee? And then if that mentor has kind of a supervisor or, or a match supervisor, would that typically be about a monthly meeting? Is that pretty much how it, how it shakes out for a schedule? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right on target. I mean, each mentoring program, are, you know, they, they can be designed differently. And as far as what they require their mentors and mentees to meet, but, but typically you're looking at weekly or, or three times a month, something like that. And then it's, it is really what you're looking at for the mentor supervisor to connect with the mentor parent and, and mentee on a monthly basis. So yeah, that's, that's what you're looking at. Great. Good deal. I think that's just helpful for some of us to know, like, well, again, what's the norm out there? And again, there's plenty of different contexts out there, but helpful to to just really try to set our mentors up with as, as much potential for success as possible. Well, Donovan, tell us as we kind of wrap up our conversation today, tell us how, how one as a, as a mentor or an organization can reach out to CAYM to get some additional training on, on evidence-based practices. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to leave you with some good news and a charge. So the good news is that if you're following mentoring best practices, you will see positive results. The charge is that the, the last thing that any of us want to do is to bring harm to a kid. And mentoring research shows that if a program is not following best practices, children will be harmed. So I, I want to encourage you to evaluate your mentoring program and just fill in any gaps that you have regarding mentoring best practices so that your mentoring program is safe, effective, and sustainable. And if you're not sure how to evaluate your program, that is certainly something that CAYM can help you with. CAYM provides training for mentoring programs on evidence-based best practices in a Christian context. And we work with programs that are get, just getting ready to start, as well as existing programs that, that have been going for, for years. So it's been great to be on with you, John. And, and again, just want to thank all the mentoring program staff and mentors for what you're doing. I, I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Donovan, I, I'm so grateful for you and sharing this. Again, I feel like this has been kind of a, a 30,000 foot flyover over some really important and, and vital parts of, of mentoring, not only organizationally speaking, but also just to the specific mentor. So thank you for speaking into that. I hope that this will not be the last time that we have a conversation because I think that you are, are a, a bit of a, a, a gold mine of knowledge and experience that I know that our, our listeners will really glean a lot from. So is it, is it, is it fair to say that we're going to have another conversation about some of these components that we talked about today. I, I think that would be great, John. Excellent. Well, again, Donovan, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your heart for ministry and for mentoring. I'm, I'm just so very thankful that CAYM exists and that it is a resource for organizations and for mentors. And so we at YCM here want to just continue to share what you guys offer, because I think that it will make, just as you mentioned, these best practices help to ensure that healthy mentoring is taking place, right? That it is safe, effective, and sustainable sustainable. And so, very thankful that, that you good people are doing what you're doing. So, keep up the good work. And I'm really hoping that we have some listeners reach out to benefit and, and create that relationship. Donovan, why is it important to implement mentoring best practices? Yeah. So, research by Michael Karcher and David Dubois found that the greater the number of best practices in place, the greater the effectiveness of the mentoring program. So, here's some good news. I, I talked to Michael Karcher a few years back and he said that if a mentoring program is following mentoring best practices, they can expect to get the same positive results that mentoring research studies have shown on programs that have been valuable. So best practices, they really allow time for trust to grow. 
So think of best practices like the legs on a chair and the chair is the relationship. Now, you don't know how long it's going to take for trust to develop with it. It could be three months, it could be six months, it could be over a year. But the best practices or legs of recruiting quality mentors, screening the right mentors and kids into the program, training the mentors well, making good matches, and providing good supervision, hold that chair up until the trust establishes. And the more legs you have in place or best practices, the better chance you have of trust developing. So Gene Rhodes, he, who's one of the leading mentoring researchers in the country, she cites four separate mentoring research studies in her book, Stand By Me, that found that the common denominator for kids making it out of some of the most difficult and challenging circumstances and environments is that they learn to trust one adult outside their family. And if, so if they can learn to trust their mentor, then they can transfer that trust over to other relationships in their life which is a tremendous benefit for those kids when, when they're talking about their school, work, family. So earlier, I, I mentioned I worked for a mentoring program. And back in 2004, I got training from CAYM on mentoring best practices. We created and implemented a mentor recruitment plan. We implemented CAYM's four-hour in-person mentor orientation training. We implemented a supervision contact schedule. And we were able to recruit more mentors and retain them long-term. And it allowed our mentoring program to grow from 40 matches to 160 matches within about three years. Well, my guest today was Donovan Carber from CAYM. And again, listener, just as I was sitting here learning and gleaning a lot from what he shared from his knowledge and experience, he also mentioned some really great resources. So if you'd like to get in touch with Donovan, you can reach him at his email at d-o-n-n-o-v-a-n at c-a-y-m dot org. And I'm sure Donovan would be happy to answer any questions or share any of those resources with you or begin a relationship through C-A-Y-M and how that organization can help yours. Listener, we appreciate your heart for mentoring. Thank you for investing in the lives of young people. And we want to remember and to remind you that you can mentor. Mentor.